everybody. Welcome to the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. All right, we're in uh, week three of our uh, podcast series on the Apostle Paul, and uh, we were talking about last time how I was going to pick two different books, you know, pray about it. We were going to go over, and uh, what the Lord put on my heart was actually the book of Philemon. And uh, some of you right now, unless you're avid Bible readers, are going, the book of Philemon, what's that? What's a hidden little gem there sandwiched between the book of Titus and the book of Hebrews? And it's actually the smallest of all the Pauline epistles at only 335 words in the original Greek text. It's a tiny little guy, right? And it uh, bases itself about around three real characters, right? We have the Apostle Paul, who's writing the letter. Uh, We have uh, Philemon, who is the person that Paul is saying the letter to. Philemon uh, is a uh, wealthy leader of the church of Colossae. Well, excuse me, Colossae. <laughs> uh, hence, from the letter, the book of Colossians, right, is from the church of Colossae. And uh, then Onesimus, who is actually a uh, runaway slave, uh, a lot of people believe he's a runaway slave of Philemon's that has become, him, become a homie of Paul while Paul was in prison, right? And a little backstory about that is um, somehow um, in the church of um, Colossae Philemon is this leader, you know, um, became a leader probably through dealings with Paul and his coming to Christ himself and became a, a leader. And uh, sometime after that, um, seems that Philemon um, had some sort of uh, outing with Onesimus, and Onesimus wound up running away like a runaway slave. And he wound up going to Rome uh, to seek out Paul. Now, whether this was for religious purposes or for hopes that he could that Paul could save him because of his relationship with uh, Philemon. We, we don't really know that, right? But we do know that while he was there, he became a, a valued brother to Paul and actually a brother in Christ and helped with the ministry and everything else. And Onesimus became a, a valuable person, so much so that Paul refers to him as, as his own child uh, in, in the text of Philemon, right? So, but basically the entire um, epistle of Philemon is nothing more than an apology letter and a request uh, from Paul for Philemon for reconciliation with Onesimus. That's what the whole thing's about, right? And uh, it really makes you think, you know, why, why, why is that? Why is that important? Why, why did the early church leaders think that that letter was so important that it needed to be brought in with the same um, letters as like the, Paul's letter to the Romans and uh, the, the book of Hebrews and uh, Philippians and all these all these books in the New Testament that are full of all this great gospel and knowledge and and truth and way why would this little 335 Greek letter or Greek word uh, apology letter make it into the into the Bible and the after reading it and a little bit of discernment I've come up with the its importance on relationships relationships you know we were built for relationship we were built for relationship with god we were built for fellowship with god um but we were also built with uh, fellowship for each other you know relationship with each other you know that's why that's why god made eve because he realized that adam needed a partner he needed that pic that partner in crime right and uh, that doesn't just count for relationships like uh husband and wife relationships even though it 100 percent does this also counts with everyday relationships with uh followers of Christ in our lives, right? And the importance of that. Um, God God made us for relationships. And um, 
if you look back at Paul and some of the examples, right, it's kind of the common theme that we have uh, in this four-part series is we're looking at Paul as an example for us as uh, Christians in today's world, right? Uh, if you look at every step of Paul's journey through the through the book of Acts, you can see that Paul had friendship in his life. He had he had brothers in Christ with him, right, from um, the very beginning when he was he was healed of his blindness from seeing God with Ananias, um, to uh, his mission trips that he did with Barnabas and then with Silas, and then that he had um, the apostle, he had Timothy and Luke with him later on in life, um, you know, to, to actually write down some of these epistles. Like the, these are, uh, just step-by-step occurrences to show that uh, even someone like the Apostle Paul needed friendships and relationships in their life um, to to succeed and be the best the best person that they could be. You know, it's very um, interesting that, you know, it tells us in the Bible that in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ Jesus, right? So it we can do that on our own. Um, because we can do all things through Christ. I mean, it's not just us alone, but I mean without friendship and relationships, right? But at the same time, in the same book, in the book of Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another," right? So how can how can we have these two things? And what I personally think comes out of that is through relationships, much like we learn when we talk about romantic relationships and husband and wives, and as two people like a triangle, you know, you put God in the middle. And start the husband and wife on the side as they get closer to God, they get closer to each other. The same thing works in relationships with friendships and stuff like that, and brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, we have um, so many times through through fellowship, we wind up digging deeper into ourselves and into each other and into our own spiritual lives. Right? We, I can count numerous times where you know I think that. I'm a, in a right direction, and then I talk to a, a friend, a brother in Christ, and uh, I wind up that our two heads together came came up with an even better idea, even even farther. And we'll get into some more examples of that, right? But uh, what I got written down here is right is through the fellowship with one another, we keep ourselves focused on the journey, right? So we 100 percent Philippians four thirteen, we can do all things through Christ Jesus, right? Without a doubt, says it in the gospel. Good to go, right? We can do it. But that being said, you know, that is when we are in perfect spiritual relationship. That is when we have our eyes on the prize, Christ Jesus. And anyone who's ever walked this spiritual journey as a Christian, who's ever honest with themselves and how it's gone, realize that despite that that, through our best efforts that that's what we do, um, it doesn't always work out that way. We wind up falling short often. We We were built to fall short. It's okay. But in that falling short, we wind up taking our eyes off that prize sometimes. And that's what that friendship and that fellowship can do is it can help guide us back on that straight path. It can help bring us back when we start to fall short, when we start to stray. They can help bring us back into the fold. And it's a, a priceless thing that I think God purposely made us uh, in that way so that we can help check each other and get closer to him. Those bonds, the uh, Christian fellowship bonds are strong. And when you when you have that in your life, you realize once you get them, that's how much you need them. It's a, it's mind-boggling how, how much that's actually the case. 
um, that I've found as I've get going farther and farther through this Christian journey, right? Um, you know, we talked about in the last episode about, you know, different action steps. And one of the things we talked about is being the hands and feet of our church. When this is a classic example of that is that um, being a friend and being that person that can help keep your friend on the straight and narrow can help keep them walking a godly path and godly life. That person, you know, is, is acting as the hands and feet of God, right? Through the Holy Spirit. They are, they are there and supporting their brother and sister in Christ and, and helping, helping keep them in the, in the path that we want. You know, a little uh, personal experience, right, talking about this. We had, uh, I recently had a situation where I felt like I, w- I was under extreme spiritual warfare. There's no better way to describe it. I was under, I was under attack for sure. I had a, you know, I've, I've been going through a season of, of, uh, you know, hurt and, uh, trying to work my way through it, uh, and pray my way through it and all that good stuff. And, uh, I've been really, really good with it for a long time now. And, uh, I had a situation pop up, uh, where for the first time I started to question that, um, not a, not a strong question, but just an open question to God. Like, am I doing the right thing here? Am I doing the right thing? And uh, almost immediately I started to feel attacked, right? Um, different different things happened that were, were counter to that question and that doubt, right? It was almost like the devil could see, hey, he's starting to break weak. Let's go after him, go after him. And I was struggling, and I had multiple instances of this spiritual warfare happen. And it's so funny because I have a fr- friend of mine who's a very been a very dear friend for a long time, but we kind of recently started walking this journey together as brothers in Christ. We read Bible stories, um, Bible studies every day together. We talk, um, we keep each other on the straight and narrow and we really, we're, we're a blessing to each other both. And I'm very thankful. And I pray for him every day for that. Um, and, uh, I was dealing with this and I was actually up, um, in bed early the next morning thinking about what in the world is going on in my life? What is happening? And, uh, I get a text from him, uh, asking me if I was awake and he's not normally awake at this time. Uh, and I said, yeah. And he called me. And I said, what's up, man? He's like, Hey, I, so I woke up this morning a few minutes ago and I could not stop thinking about you. I just couldn't get you off my mind. I couldn't. So I just had to call. And I was like, well, that's funny. It's funny that you call because I'm dealing with this, 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 and this. Uh, and he was like, yeah, it was like I could feel it. It was like I could feel it, that you just needed it. You needed to talk to me. That's that's what I'm talking about with these relationships. That's the importance of um, Paul reaching out to Philemon for Onesimus in, this, in the, the book of Philemon and, and why it's so important for us. We, as, as much as I knew God was with me, I, I knew God was with me. I knew God can, can handle all my problems. But sometimes you get so wrapped around the axle that you need that brother in Christ to pull you back, to pull you back and say, it's okay, everything's okay. Um, it's just such a, a valuable tool in our, in our Christian toolbox to be able to have those godly uh, relationships and stuff. I, I've known um, Christians for a long time that 
have good groups of friends that uh, they've developed through through church and through different charities and such like that, that um, they can they lean on each other, they help each other. It's re- really a blessing for for those of you that don't have it. Um, you should understand it's a valuable valuable thing you can have in your life. Uh, we um, one one person in particular I know uh, a friend of mine she. Uh, female, and she's had some very, very bad things happen to her uh, in her life, some very series of tragic events, and uh, she has leaned back on her faith and on her small group circle so much that um, it's like a family to her, and it, it has blessed her in more ways than one, and, uh, you know, even though her faith is strong, I don't know if she would have been so well off without those friends, too. Right, and that's just God putting people in your place at the, in your life at the right place at the right time to make sure that everything, you know, He gives you what you need to get through the situations of life. You know, never, never too much. It's just enough there. You just got to find it, and that's really the truth of the matter. Um, we have other personal experiences I wanted to talk about here with the book of Philemon. It's funny, it's the shortest book in the Bible, and I'm sitting here struggling at 13 minutes. So <laughs> we're going to keep going here with this, though. So um, I was talking to um, another friend of mine. I try to keep the personal relationships personal, folks. So when I, I mention stuff and I don't say names, it's not no disrespect to you or to the story, but uh, sometimes you got to keep personal a little bit personal. I was talking to somebody that I care about very much, I've known my whole life, and uh, I know that they are not in the same place with me as uh, as a Christian in faith. Uh, they're they're a good person, and uh, they've always been. They've grown up around religion, but they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, not in the in the sense that we talk about here. And uh, I was I was kind of talking to this person about his faith, and you know he was you know admitting this stuff. I'm like, you don't need to tell me this. I know I can I can tell by what you say and what you do. And he referred to himself as a doubting Thomas. And anybody that remembers doubting Thomas, the story of Thomas needing to stick his fingers in the in the nail holes, nail pierced holes in Jesus's hands to to know that that was Jesus and the Messiah, right? Like he needed to feel that. Um, and I was telling him some of these stories um, about these personal testimonies and these things that have all added up that just they they cannot be any other explanation than God's work at hand. Too much too much stuff happens where there's no way to explain it any way other than this, right? Like, what's the odds of that happening? Then you add that, then that, then that, then that, and it all fits together. It's got to be something. I'm telling him some of these testimonies, and I can hear him. I can hear him starting to open up a little bit, like he's starting to, to think, like, wow, what? I don't know if he was getting it or if he was just starting to understand that, wow, that is a lot. That's a lot to stack up to be just random chance. And I and I told him, I said, I don't know how many of those random things all need to line up to build you a hole in a hand to stick your finger in. But this is God's work in our everyday lives. And you have to you have to see it. And if you open your eyes up, you can actually see it in all of our lives. Uh, you can look back and look at traumatic events and things that happened where certain people in your lives at certain times, exactly the right time to help you with certain spots, everything, and know that God has a hand in all that. Um, so we we talk about this now that we've fully solidified the idea of 
friendships and relationships and the need for that as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ as we walk this uh, faith life. You know, uh, what else I want to talk about was reconciliation, right? That's the other important part about this letter to Philemon is reconciliation. He's not just explaining how much that Onesimus has become a brother and he should treat him as a brother, but he's asking for reconciliation, right? I know he wronged you, but we need to make it right. Well, why is reconciliation so important? Because as much as we all need each other, we also know that we all fall short and we all struggle and we all sin and we all make mistakes, which means naturally because of sin, our relationships tend to be fractured at some point. They happen. They either start fractured and we have to fix them or they start good and they get fractured, so on and so forth. Reconciliation and Paul's letter to us showing us reconciliation shows us that reconciliation is a vital part of the Christian process because through that reconciliation is the only way to maintain these bonds. If any time anybody ever wronged us, we cut them out of our lives, you'd live a very lonely life. It would not work out well for you. Um, We find, you know, we talk about as Christians the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, right? Forgiveness is between you and God right? You're forgiving someone for what they did to you, but you're still keeping them walled off, essentially. You are letting it go. Reconciliation is opening yourself back up to that person and and fully rebonding that relationship that was broken through the, through the hurt and the pain and the sin or whatever the case may be that fractured the relationship. Um, that, like I said, it's vital because without it, we wouldn't have the relationships that we have in our lives that are so important to us. I mean, you ask almost anybody that's truly not just a, a, a dear friend, but uh, you know, a love relationship, they will have some sort of story where the one person hurt the other. Normally it's both. Um, and they had to find a way to reconcile. And that's just part of the, of rela- human relationships in life. And so we needed that example in the new Testament. And that's why, that's why those 335 Greek words of a simple apology, not much gospel talking, uh, made it made its way into the New Testament. So there we have it. The book of Philemon, if you don't know, it'll take you about five minutes to read it, but it's good reading. It helps give us an example of what relationships and forgiveness and reconciliation looks like uh, as Christians. So with that being said, we go ahead and end this bad boy in prayer. And uh, Thank you all for listening. I'm Super excited to keep going. We're going to go uh, and dig deep, deep, deep dive into the book of Philippians when uh, when we return to episode four and the final episode of our four-part series on the Apostle Paul. And uh, I'm excited for it. I'm going to try to hit it from a few different angles because, uh, you know, Philippians, every like I said, almost everyone in the Christian faith can spout off to you Philippians 4.13 off the top of their head. So, uh I'm going to try to hit it from a couple different angles here and really try to dig deep and get into our, um, get into the gospel that way. So with that being said, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our time we've had today, Lord. Thank you for the ears that are listening to this podcast, Lord. Thank you for the people we get to help from the funds we raise from this podcast, Lord. We're hoping to, to open eyes and open hearts all over the world. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to spend time with our, our friends and fans here today. And uh, we just like to bless them and thank them. And Lord, if there's anyone listening to this that is in search of forgiveness or reconciliation with a friend or a loved one, I ask you to to intercede in that and 
to open their hearts to give that forgiveness and reconciliation, Lord. And I'm praying that the person on the other end is receiving and um, worthy of this of this reconciliation process and what needs to be done, Lord. I pray you can do all things uh, through your mighty name. We pray, in Jesus Christ's name. I pray. Amen.